Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. Perhaps the most read newspaper item of the year will have been written by an unnamed writer. There's somebody quite literally in the White House who uh, is is fighting against the president. They know who wrote it. They are not uh, revealing the identity because it would cost the official their job. This is a coward who has no idea uh, what really goes on in the White House and the way that the president works. I'm telling you the truth. If you don't believe me, you don't need to call me. Who could it be? I know it's a woman, but uh, I, and I'm, I'm kind of cautious. My attorney is keeping me, trying to keep me from from saying her name, but yes, I believe it's a woman. I believe I know who it is. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 in 716. An opinion piece in the New York Times by an anonymous senior administration official claiming to be part of a resistance working from within to thwart President Donald Trump's worst inclinations set off a wild guessing game on the author's identity. In an extraordinary move, Trump tweeted a demand that if the gutless anonymous person does indeed exist, the Times must, for national security purposes, turn him or her over to government at once. Trump has ordered aides to identify the writer. So much here. The White House is reeling this morning. I mean, Karen Travers covers the White House. President Trump acted, uh, reacted very angrily last night. He is furious about this. He was calling on the New York Times to turn over the person that wrote this. He says this was a gutless op-ed by an anonymous source who's probably failing. Sarah Sanders said the person who wrote this should step up and resign uh, and called that person a coward. So the administration is in uh, very much damage spin control mode right now, not acknowledging some of the content of what is in this op-ed, but the fact that the op-ed was written in the first place. Is it interesting to you, you know, you have uh, Sarah Sanders calling on this person to resign. Uh, We aren't hearing kind of what we usually hear uh, about this thing, uh, that when it comes to someone who's anonymous, the president usually says, well, uh, that means the person doesn't exist. We're not hearing that from the White House, really. Uh, not really. I mean, I think this is person exists. You know, this is somebody that the New York Times says they know who wrote it. They are not uh, revealing the identity because it would cost the official their job. But the New York Times made it clear. It's not like this was anonymously sent to them and they just published it. Uh, they say that this adds significant value to the public's understanding of what is going on in the Trump administration from someone who's in a position to know. But there's going to be a serious effort to try to name the person, right? I mean, I think everything in Washington tends to come out at some point, but it's not like, you know, we if the White House wants to try and get to the bottom of it, they'll be doing it through an internal investigation in some way. But I think the important thing to know here is that there are household names that people know from this administration, but there are literally hundreds and hundreds of senior officials. They don't have to work in the West Wing. They don't have to work anywhere on the White House complex. They could be at an agency, a department, the National Security Council, somewhere else in the administration and have that senior status. Whenever this person decided to write this op-ed, they should have quit 
and stood up uh, like a, you know, you know, with courage and uh, with the courage of their conviction. Some pointed words today from political contributor Michael Caputo on WBEN, and he says he knows who it is. Well, the op-ed author, I don't think, is an unusual, uh, uh, you know, it's not unusual. I mean, regardless of what she wrote, I can tell you that the, the Trump administration is filled with people uh, just like her. Uh, uh, and the problem is that uh, the, the people who came into the White House with the president, like, like Reince Priebus and others who were not committed to his agenda, spent a great deal of time putting people like her in place so that this person and others can, uh, can stymie the president's agenda. Uh, unfortunately, all those chickens are coming home to roost. And as, as a matter of fact, I can tell you that there are active uh, uh, programs to stop Trump uh, uh, loyalists from joining the administration and to purge Trump loyalists from departments within the, the president's uh, administration. Uh, so um, her op-ed is really just from what I consider to be a symptom of a larger problem. You've mentioned her and she a couple of times. Do we know it's a woman? I know it's a woman, but uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cautious. My attorney is keeping me, is trying to keep me from, from saying her name. But yes, I believe it's a woman. I believe I know who it is. Um, and you don't have to look any further than the departments of this, of this uh, administration that have completely purged all Trump people from their ranks. That's the first indication of someone who's not loyal to the president. And uh, that path is very clear to the identity. You know, the president's been critical of the op-ed, but do you think he actually read it? Of course he did. And, and if you read closely, by the way, you'll see it's very cleverly written. Uh, and, and that's why the whole parlor game about who she is is really uh, uh, entertaining. That they, they, they were like they, the, the op-ed writer, clearly a ghost writer, a very talented writer. It's very tightly written, very professionally written. And she can't write op-ed this well. You know, the reason I ask that question is because in part of that op-ed, in the middle is there a piece on foreign policy. In public and private, this is reading from the op-ed, President Trump shows a preference for autocrats and dictators such as Vladimir Putin. Kim Jong-un displays little genuine appreciation for the ties that bind to allied like-minded nations. And this morning, uh, right after his tweets slamming the op-ed, is a tweet from an hour ago. Kim Jong-un of North Korea proclaims unwavering faith in President Trump. Thank you, Chairman Kim. I mean, he's proving the op-ed right there in a tweet this morning. Well, I can tell you that uh, I don't expect the president to change his, uh, his strategy, strange his tactics in world uh, affairs just because of a disloyal person in his cabinet. I don't expect it at all. Uh, and if, if, I, if, if it happened, I would be very disappointed in the president. The person who wrote this op-ed, is arrogant, uh, full of themselves, sees themselves as uh, Captain America. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, um, eventually she will be found out. Uh, but this op-ed writer, above all, is a coward. Because this has happened before where, like, for example, in, the, uh, in President Obama's, uh, in, I'm sorry, in President Clinton's administration, when he did uh, uh, welfare reform, a major, a good friend of his and a major member of his cabinet quit and then wrote very strong words about that policy and his disagreement with it in an op-ed. That's what uh, a proper person does. Uh, this person is a coward. What about the Times deciding to, to run with this, with, with you know, an anonymous person? 
Well, I mean, listen, the, the, the Times, I have my disagreements with them, but this is the newspaper that published the Pentagon Papers, and they weighed that very carefully. They, they, they got lawyers deeply involved. They thought it was important, I think probably a lot more important than this coward's op-ed. But the New York Times felt that this is something that needed to be said, and the fact that it comes from a senior administration official gives it some weight. So I don't blame the New York Times for doing it. They're certainly going to make some good money off of it, uh, it's an important uh, 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 event, I think, in Washington. Yesterday, while you know, when it happened, it was like a bomb went off in this city. Uh, so it, it certainly was newsworthy, and I don't blame the New York Times for publishing it. You know, at what point does this go back to the president? You know, all throughout the campaign in 2016, we kept hearing about how tumultuous uh, it was in the campaign, where you had uh, campaign uh, people who were on the staff coming and going, and it was kind of wild in there. Now you have this op-ed that's painting a similar picture, and of course all the reports that preceded it of inside the White House. I mean, at some point, don't you have to point a finger at the president and say, you know, what kind of ship are you running here? Brian, stop buying this stuff wholesale, really. I mean, Well, I, you, you were one of the people who uh, on this air said it was tumultuous in that campaign, and now a similar picture is being painted of the White House. And of course it was, and it's tumultuous at WBEN. Stand up. I mean, my goodness, listen to me. When I tell you that this is a, this is a coward who has no idea uh, what really goes on in the White House and the way that the president works, I'm telling you the truth. If you don't believe me, you don't need to call me. But here is the deal, okay? This op-ed was written by a snake. If you look in there, it uses words like lodestar, which sends you directly to Vice President Pence. And then it uses words like uh, uh, off the rails, which sends you directly to General Kelly. And then it uses words like first principles, which sends you directly to, to General Mattis. This person is so cowardly that they dropped important words often used by their colleagues to try to throw the scent off of them. It's cowardly. You know what's tumultuous? The whole idea of a coward like this writing this op-ed and then hiding and trying to blame others. That is tumultuous. And I'll tell you what, that's, there's agreement on that cowardly nature of this person on the left and the right. They either need to stand up and be counted or go away. Michael, leaks are rampant in Washington. How soon are we going to know who this is? Um, you know, I, I, I mean, we will find out. I mean, that's the history of Washington. This person will probably leave the administration soon and take a bow for what she wrote. Uh, I think that's par for the course and, and part of her really strange personality. But at the end of the day, um, Washington, I'm sorry, the New York Times will not reveal who this is. I think that she has covered her tracks significantly. She, it's dangerous to try to fire her because of who she's related to. And all of this will come out in the wash. Do you expect that to happen soon, given that, I mean, you've referenced her a number of times. If you already know, somebody else I'm sure does, too. Yeah, it's, it's, Brian, it's, it's one thing to identify the person, but it's another thing to try to prove it and to try to do something about them. And if this person is related to someone who's powerful in another branch of the government, then we're going to have a real problem getting rid of them, aren't we? And, and, and what we have to do is understand that this is all about impeachment. This is all about the, the, the 2018 um, uh, midterm elections. This person dropped this thing very carefully, very well-timed, in order to affect the midterm elections so that the Democrats, so that the, the, the Trump supporters will stay home, the Democrats will win control of the House, and the president will be impeached. That's what this is all about. We've got to get through the midterms and deal with it afterwards. Is this a name that we're familiar with? Of course it is. It's a name that everyone's familiar with. I mean, when, when the New York Times says this is a senior member of the administration, that necessarily means 
that it is either an assistant, I'm sorry, a deputy secretary, second level of all the departments, or higher. This is not somebody who is, let's say, for example, a, a, a functionary in the National Security Council. They say senior administration official. At the New York Times, that only is about 15 people. Does the president have an inkling who it is then? I'm not quite certain if the president does. I'm doing everything I can to try to inform him. Uh, but everybody around uh, that I know who understands uh, the nature of the person that wrote this thing understands exactly who she is. That will eventually be brought into the White House, and the president will understand that there's probably nothing he can do about it. Michael has a Facebook post up with a photo of Elaine Chow and a red arrow pointing right to her for what that may be worth. Now, this whole idea of White House administration officials leaking and talking to the Washington press isn't such a new phenomenon, says Dave Leventhal, a regular contributor with WBEN. He's with the Center for Public Integrity. Almost every day there are, quote, senior White House officials who are talking to members of the press. Uh, This has happened all the time with me. We're members of the Trump White House. We've called for comment, uh, tried to get them to talk about something. They said, no, we, we can't have our names attached. You can quote us as a senior administrative official. You can quote us as a senior White House official. This is just the regular state of being. So if anyone, including the president, says that uh, this is something that is abnormal, uh, then that's just simply not the case. But again, all presidential administrations try to play this game. This is a a very uh, strange situation, though, that there's somebody quite literally in the White House who uh, is is fighting against the president or, or trying to defend against actions that this person deems the president is doing uh, to be detrimental uh, to the country. So it's a very bizarre situation. And one, again, that has really riled the White House and riled the president, just based on many tweets that he has tweeted about this in the past day, to a significant, significant degree. And uh, there's, you know, to pull from the Bob Woodward book title, uh, there seems to be some degree of fear, too, about what this person is going to do. I guess by the tone of the op-ed, you know, you would say that this person's fighting against the president. But is it fair to uh, maybe always categorize it like that? You know, these people are advisors and they are advising the president on what they think. You know, how much of this is a shocking revelation? How much of this is a White House official doing their job? Uh, There's always part of that. And also, too, I, I think it's important to know, too, that regardless of who this person is, say for maybe if it's a cabinet secretary, there's going to be a limited amount that he or she is going to be able to do. The president is still the president, and decisions are going to be made by the people who have been elected to execute their power. So advisors uh, and people who are in the orbit, uh, but not the decision makers themselves, they, they inherently have a limited ability to affect the ultimate outcome of political decisions that are going to be made. Fallout from this one, no doubt for a long time to come. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.